This week, I got to talk to Paco Santo. He's the CEO of Mizizi, and Mizizi is a African pride-based fashion brand. We talk about his journey, his progress, all of, his, all of the lessons he's learned in the process of creating a brand, and he was just featured on Forbes magazine. Um, I think you, my listeners, will thoroughly enjoy this, and stay tuned until about halfway into the episode. We have some new stuff we're working on that we think you might enjoy. Thank you, and talk Welcome to you soon. Welcome to Pod Save Africa. Welcome, Welcome to Pod Save Africa. 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 Welcome. Hello, welcome back to Port Save Africa. It's your host, Akandi Adirili, and I have the great pleasure of being with Paco, the CEO of Mizizi. Mr. Paco, do you mind? It is a pleasure to have you on. Do you mind telling, please please flex on my people one time, let them know who you are um, so we can get right into the conversation. Hi, so my name is Paco Sando. I'm 24 years old, and I'm the Ghanaian-American CEO and founder of Mizizi International. Awesome, awesome, phenomenal. So let's 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 I guess start with the most obvious question: What is Mizizi International for the people who are listening and have no clue? Um, do you want to just kind of give them a um, brief what it is, and then we'll get into kind of how that all came together? For sure. So Mizizi, we are the way that people express their cultural identity through African-inspired streetwear. Uh, we make jerseys for literally every country, whether it's an African country, West Indian country, Latin American. We even have something for Wakanda. Uh, we're literally just trying to inspire and remind people all around the world to stay rooted. Hmm. So. Awesome, awesome. So my understanding, at least doing my little research on your website, um, was that you guys started in 2014, you and, and somebody you also went to and to school with in Florida. How did that all come together? Yeah. Like, like, what happens? How does that process happen where you're just like, all right, let me start a company? And that, that doesn't happen often. So uh, <laughs> how did that no. happen? I honestly never imagined Mizizi to even come to fruition. Um, so I originally went to the University of South Florida. Okay. I was going to school to become a, a pharmacist. Um, and like that freshman year, it, it was just really rough for me because I was a completely new state, being raised in Dallas, Texas. Like Florida, Tampa, Florida was a complete culture shock to me. Really? Um, so it was kind of hard. Uh, like I really didn't fit in with. I didn't fit in with a lot of Africans because a lot of people were straight from the continent hmm. and. I mean, at the time, I was pretty disconnected myself, you know? Hmm. Um, so it was hard to relate. When it came to, like, the singing people, I barely even heard of dancehall. I didn't know people even still listening to dancehall. So that that was, and then, like, Pazwa, I, could, I couldn't understand a word of it. Um, so it, it was hard for me to, to fit in with the Caribbean crowd. Um, and then just when it came to, like, regular black people, everybody at the time, you know how college is, but it's really clicked up. Right, right. So... Um, Everybody else at the time, they were either in a fraternity, they were either, like, in a, um, a sports team, and I'm not, like, I don't know, I'm, I, I'm not very good at sports, so I'm a little clumsy. Okay, uh, that's some honesty, appreciate that. <laughs> it was just really hard for me to, to find my, my little niche. Okay. Um, and then one day, not necessarily one day, but there was this one kid who was straight from Kenya, and he used to wear, like, the dopest stuff, but it would have Kenyan fabrics to it. 
whether it was the sleeves, the pockets, pants. Um, I just thought it was really cool. And being from Dallas, I knew that I had a market that I could sell that to or I could expose that to. Okay. And um, so it wasn't long before we got to talking. And we really just clicked because he was kind of in the same position I was. Being straight from Nairobi, he didn't have any support, any family, any friends out here. Hmm. Um, and he, but he was also very lucrative. So he was the one that showed me that money doesn't discriminate. Literally anybody can get it. Um, <laughs> at the time, he was, he was 20 years old. He was making 4000 a month back home in Kenya um, because he was running an orthodontal clinic and a dental clinic. Oh, and like, that really kind of opened my eyes and fired me. Both. It, it, you don't understand, bro. Like, to have someone that's the same age as you right. um, in college, you know what I'm saying, kind of doing not necessarily the same career path, but going kind of along the same path as you mm-hmm. and to see that it's not necessarily necessary to do that. They're, they're doing it because they want to advance themselves, um, not necessarily because it's a necessity, you know, because mm-hmm. he's already making the money. He's right. himself, himself and his sister through college for fun. All right, so it was um, choosing, right? He's not just doing what he has to. <laughs> exactly. So it wasn't long before, like, we got to talking. Um, we, we decided, okay, we could, if, if this is a product that we could sell, what, what could we actually make sure? So these are supposed to be everything from head to toe, hats, shirts, pants, socks, all that. Uh, mm-hmm. We literally sat down, we went through a list of words that were African-related, mm-hmm. um, and we, he translated them into Swahili for me, and we got down to roots, translated into Mzizi, and yo, like, when I heard that, like, a light bulb went off. Mm-hmm. Um, George, he didn't necessarily, like, although he inspired the company, um, or the concept, he, he didn't necessarily start it with you. Okay. Um, it wasn't long before, after that, some, well, this was spring, this was the spring semester of my freshman year. Okay. After that, like, I went out to New York to find a manufacturer. Mm-hmm. Um, I tried to find someone who was, who do everything from head to toe, and, like, literally from start to finish. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, the one person that I inquired with, he literally told me that, they would have to charge me $500 for a baseball jersey, and then they have to hire extra staff to, to scale the line that I used to do. Okay. I was like, what? They're <laughs> <laughs> like, no, God, I'm 19 years old. I don't have that kind of... If, if I have to make one jersey for $500, what am I supposed to sell that for? You yeah, know, like, like, there's nobody in the world that's yeah. going to buy a baseball jersey. I mean, there's and, probably somebody, uh, but there are not many of them. Yeah, there's always a market, but especially that, that's not the market I was trying to sell to. You know, I was mm-hmm. trying to reach... Um, I'm trying to reach Africans all around the world. Um, that, that means pricing the product at, keep, keep in mind, Mizizi is priced at a, a premium price, but it's still affordable. Mm. You know, it's still something you might need to save up for, just because, like, I want people to recognize that there's value in the product. Mm. Um, but at the same time, it's still cheap enough for literally everybody to get. Right. So, when, when I was in New York, that was dead. Um, I was really discouraged, and I was trying to figure out, I was like, okay, out of all the things that I'm trying to do, what is the one product that I know that will sell that actually has like the highest probability? Yeah, you go, good? go ahead. I think, <laughs> that, right. I think that was one of my phones. I apologize. It did. Um, and I was trying to see what was, what product had the highest probability of securing the bag. Mm-hmm. At the time, that's when baseball jerseys were really popping. Okay. All the retailers had baseball jerseys. This was, was like, okay. Was this all in 2014 or this is not 2015, right? This is, this is still 2014. Okay, this okay. Is the summer of 2014. Okay. And, um, yeah, dog. So, like, literally, um, from there, I was like, okay, let me downsize and focus on one product. African baseball jersey. How can I still reach, like, more people than, I don't know. I, I still want to say, if I downsize, how can I still scale it a little bit? 
Hmm. So from there, I decided to research and find out which countries had the biggest diasporas in the United States, okay. which was Ghana, Nigeria, Ethiopia, Kenya, Egypt, and Eritrea. Okay. And I mean, I, I threw in like a regular African jersey just so it would be inclusive for everybody. Hmm. Okay. So from there, literally over the next course of the next year and a half, um, I guess since I hated Tampa at the time, I didn't, I didn't want to go back to school, so I took a break, mm-hmm. went back home to Texas, worked two jobs as like a pharmacy tech at CVS as well as a, a server at Buffalo Wild Wings. Mm-hmm. Like, keep in mind, like, I was trying to be a pharmacist as my career. Right. So, working right. in the pharmacy tech, yo, like, I realized that this is just not for me. Like, you know, <laughs> oh, wow. old, crabby people every single day, day in and day out. Right. No um, offense to old like, people, but. Like, well, and then the pharmacists are literally doing everything that you're doing except they're counseling the patient at the end. You mm-hmm. know, or they're signing off on the final signature. Right. And I was like, this, this isn't for me. I, I literally used to leave the job just drained, bro. It was the eight hour shift. I'd get, I'd leave at 10 and like, I'd be like, I'd go home, I'd go to sleep and start the next day, like, pull over again. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really just kind of, it made me start taking the easy more seriously. Okay. So from there, um, I found another manufacturer in California. Do you mind all, me finding all these people and manufacturers literally through Google searching. Really? No contact. Like you're literally on your laptop, like manufacturer for clothes. Oh, that's crazy. That's it. That's it. But you'll be surprised what you find whenever you do actually search for it. Hmm. Um, and yeah, bro. So literally over the next course of like year and a half, um, by 2015, I went back to Tampa. I, I was homeless for a bit. So I couch surfed. Wow. Like I had, all the money that I was given from my mom and that I saved up, I was really putting back into like further developing the designs from ZZ. Mm-hmm. Um, the next course of the next course of the year and a half, I was developing a business plan a bit more. Okay. Um, I jumped between like my homeless house or my old ex's house, and then like so I, I stayed in a four bedroom apartment that had nine guys in it. When I tell you oh, that man. was Phil, Phil, it was a real hard. It was a tough tough point in my life um okay. so by that the end of this is spring 2015 mm-hmm. by the end of that semester i bounced to orlando because um, i had a friend who i grew up with that was going that was attending the university of central florida okay and like i literally at that time tampa was it had nothing to offer me um mm-hmm. i was really just i was going through it mm-hmm. nonetheless stayed in orlando for the now, over the summer did a lot of random odd jobs uh, just to get money, uh, but it was, it was actually really therapeutic. Okay. I mean, uh, just having like a friend around, someone that you can trust, mm-hmm. someone that you can like fully be yourself, someone that you know. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times you take it for granted. I you know, like the, <laughs> it, it's especially when you're in like a completely different environment. Um, sometimes you just want someone that you can feel secure around. So nonetheless, like it was a really, it was an interesting summer. Um, right. even then, so that, that manufacturer in California, they, they were still way too expensive. Mm-hmm. So since I couldn't, uh, start the company by myself, mm-hmm. I figured I would just like these designs from ZZ. Okay. I still, I still believe this idea so much that let me figure out a business plan, figure out how to sell it, figure out where these enclaves are at, mm-hmm. um, who they're watching on social media okay. and just what I can do about really like selling the idea in the ZZ. So I found out. Every single African streetwear company that was in the United States, Canada, uh, Europe, Australia, literally everywhere, bro, sent them the business plan. Um, everybody said no. Everybody wow. said, 
either they ignored me or they're like, it's a cool idea, but we're already doing our own thing right now. We don't want to do it. Wow. And um, literally, so by the end of summer, they, I, it really was divine intervention. Um, so Zane, that was the guy I was staying with, okay. his roommate's stepbrother was one of the co-founders of a brand called 2K Life. Okay. And they're more known for like their, their pool parties down south in Miami. Okay. Um, they're, they're pretty successful. Celebrities go to them. But on the side, they also make custom jerseys for celebrities. Okay. So I approached them. I was like, yo, this is easy. This is, I know this isn't your core competency or your target market, but like, this is how you would sell it to this market anyways. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's pretty cut and dry. Okay. And he still said no. Really? And, uh, Man. yeah, I was so discouraged. So, bro, I've heard so many no's at this point. Wow. But he did end up pointing me in the right direction. Okay. He was like, manufacturing in the United States is way too expensive. If anything, why don't you look over here in Asia? Huh. Um, so, yes, yeah, so he pointed me in the right direction. I got a few more quotes. And literally, like, within an hour, um, I was getting quoted for a third of the price that I would have paid over here. Wow. And they were so much more willing to work. Um, within within a, a week span, I got a sample. In two weeks, I literally went home, set up a photo shoot in Dallas, had all the homies come pull up and model. And by August 30th, 2015, I officially launched Mazizi. Wow. Wow. Yo, that's, <laughs> that is a, first of all, that's a, remar- a remarkable year. Like, holy moly. Okay. I mean, I was expecting a story, but I, I certainly wasn't that expecting that. <laughs> and I mean, f- first of all, if we just it's kind of just one of those things I feel like is important for people to hear. Um, why didn't you give up at any point? Because that's a lot of no's to take, you know, what was, was there something about, you know, your mission and what you're driving to do and what, what exactly was it that like you reminded yourself of that kept you going? I mean, a whole year of no's, that's a lot of no's uh, to deal with, but you know, why? Honestly, so I'm a really stubborn person. Okay. Um, so once, once I get my mind wrapped around something and I see the potential in it, I see the impact that it can have. Cause I, I literally, the way that I felt lonely in Florida, hmm. like I knew that it was a universal feeling. I knew there were other people who, who probably felt the same way that were in different countries that they just couldn't fully express their, their full identity or different parts of identity hmm. because they just feel like they, they couldn't fit in. Um, and yeah, bro. So like, literally I, I knew this idea had so much potential. I knew that I would be able to reach people. So I, I don't know. I tried to see literally everything possible that I could do to make it happen. And, um, yeah, though, like, <laughs> at the end of the day, what, what's the note? It's literally, so it, one thing I like to say is that where I'm from, no means maybe, and maybe means yes. <laughs> so I, I really okay. can't take a no for an answer. Fair enough. Um, it, and yeah, though, so like, it, it's just a matter of being resilient and like, being mindful at the same time, like know when to pivot. Because okay. in the beginning, like when I first had Missy was supposed to be everything head to toe, like I really was trying to do too much. Hmm. Um, if I didn't focus on the jerseys, then I don't think I would have had. We wouldn't. We wouldn't be as successful as we are, even though like because at the end of the day, you get famous for one thing first. Hmm. Um, so yeah, just being mindful of like knows, but at the same time, it doesn't mean give up. You know, it sometimes it just means take a different direction. Awesome. Awesome. So, so now let's talk about, you know, the core idea of Mizizi, uh, you know, the, the word, the word means roots. And how did you, you know, why did you think it's, imp- you know, it's one of those things that people would just assume that is important that, okay, you know, having pride from where you come from or wh- wherever your roots are is important. But why did you think that you could create something that, 
it's often just a thing in our, our heads like oh you know i have african pride and actually create something and create a brand that revolves around representing that physically and why did you think people would be interested like how did you just you know notice that all right you know i think i think this this would slide especially in 2014 and 14 and 2015 because now like it's like okay it makes sense but like in 2014 and 2015 I can't say necessarily that like everybody was going crazy, like Wakanda forever, all that, all that, all that. It, I don't know that that was happening at that time. Like, how did you <laughs> notice that that trend? I mean, because because that's really key. You noticed something like two years before it kind of like went crazy. Um, how did you how did you notice that? How did you pick that up? <laughs> Living by God's grace. Um, but at the same time, I hadn't. On social media, this was also the same time. So 14 was whenever like the whole African dad vines started popping. Okay. Um, and you were just seeing like more African influencers start rising to prominence, mm. uh, at least on social media. Okay. And seeing how it was like slowly but surely the Afropolitan was starting to become pop culture. Mm. Um, and yeah, man, it's just like taking note. Granted, I had no idea it was going to be where it's at today, but I figured, I mean, it's a niche market. I know the market will receive it well, so why not run with it and see where it takes me? That, that's that's really I, awesome. <laughs> uh, that's that's incredible. And um, now I guess the, the next part is that so you know you know whoever you are, whoever's listening, you, you know you have a dream, you you have this great idea, you're passionate about it, you're driving, you're you're doing a lot of stuff. But at some point, um, when you're working on something, you have to start to build a team. Like you can't do everything by yourself. I mean, I look at the amount of stuff you guys do. I look at it, first of all the quality of your website everything you guys are delivering, how many different facets of your business there seem to be. Um, you can't possibly be doing that all yourself. At least I'm assuming you're not doing that all by yourself. Um, so, so the question is, you know, how did you build your team? How did people kind of like come around you? Like, how did that work? How did you choose folks? Have you had to fire anybody yet? You know, how's that, how's that been so far? So Mazizi, currently, it's pretty much a woman-led company. Okay. Um, I was running the company by myself for the first year and a half. Yeah, dog, I'm, I'm just a figurehead. I just have a nice smile. You just <laughs> Other than that, like, you know, the people behind the scenes who are really making engine run, they're, they're so amazing. Um, so yeah, I was running Mazizi for a year and a half by myself. Hmm. And it got to the point to where, but keep in mind, like, I still, we work with different designers for the designs. Um, like, we work in accountants for the finances and et cetera, et cetera. Like, okay. outside work, I just contracted. But when it came to, like, the day to day operations, yeah, it was all me. Um, and it, it just got to a point to where I started tripping over my own feet. Mm-hmm. Like I wasn't, I was spreading myself too thin. So I wasn't giving any particular, like, um, this facet, it's due diligence, okay. like, whether it be the website or whether it be the product. Like okay. I, I wasn't half asking, but it just, I, I just couldn't do it all. Right. And, um, yeah, it, just, it got to a point where I, so I had like a, a pseudo business mentor. He like, he, I, I talked to him about everything that was on my plate and he was like, yo, you, you need somebody to help you out. Like clearly you're doing too much. Mm-hmm. So he's like, what is the one person that you know that is the most organized, the most committed to you that you know that you can trust? And then the first person that pops in my head was my best friend, Vivian. Um, okay. and she's currently our, our, our COO. Like she's a chief operations officer. Okay. Um, so like after her, I don't know, Mazizi has literally been friends and family. Okay. Um, in the beginning, after that, I kind of got like hire crazy. <laughs> just started hiring just because, and like these are people since they're friends and family, they're not necessarily they don't they don't care about the pay. They okay. care about you, you know. Hmm. So it's a matter of taking care of your people. Okay. Um, but I realized that even then, so like that wasn't efficient. Hmm. 
so we kind of had to trim the fat a little bit. Um, and trim the so fat. my leadership. Thought, <laughs> he sounded like a Fortune 500 CEO already, man. Let, let's let's before you go on, let's talk about that trim the fat part. You had to fire people, if that's what I'm understanding. Like how? I, I mean, I, I don't know that I I'm yet to have been to, at the point in my life where I've had to fire people. Um, but you know, how did that? How did that go? It's not easy, dog. And like one thing I'm learning is that so my my personality type, my leadership style is. Crusader. There's a book called Built for Growth. Okay. It was written by these two guys, and it talks about like the different your your personality type will reflect your business and how you run your business, how your business grows, mm-hmm. um, all that. So my type, I Crusaders, we are very charismatic. We're driven by our why. Um, we lead by emotion. Mm-hmm. And one thing that we get that that's kind of our downfall is that we tend to confuse loyalty with competency. Um, so. It, it, it wasn't easy for me to like sit down and be like, yo, like they're not doing the job. There's, there's so, I know that the job can be done better. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Right. And, um, with friends, like, although the communication should be easier, it's still really tough questions to have or tough conversations to have. But at the end of the day, like with communication, you can literally get through anything. Um, you, you explain where you're coming from. You, you hear them out, see where they're coming from, ask them how you could have done better, how you could have inspired them more, seeing where your your blind spots are at, and just seeing how you can improve moving forward. Because at the end of the day, like, when you lay someone off, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're gone forever. You know what I'm saying? Let them let them take the time to find themselves, to develop their own skills, so that when they are, like, at one of, at, they're reaching their peak potential, they can come back and have something new to offer. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's just like keeping, like, the grand scheme of things in mind and recognizing that, this is just now. This is not what we need at this time. That's, that's a definitely a good way to look at it. I'm, I know that probably gets even more complicated because these are your friends and family. Um, and <laughs> um, I, it's I not easy at all. I would, <laughs> it's I would, not. But I'd imagine um, one of the one of the other things I think we kind of noticed, kind of looking at your team, at least the, the members of your team, we, we kind of saw um, you seem to have quite a variety of folks from a variety of African countries. That's my that's my understanding. I might be wrong, but was that was that like a oh. purposeful decision or <laughs> not necessarily? So like crusaders, we need emotion. Um, I like having people that I can connect with. Okay. So our, our current team right now we have our COO Vivian Asanya. She is Nigerian. Okay. Um, there's my there's my mom Mzizi Mama. She's Ghanaian of course. Okay. Uh, she's the warehouse manager. She she. Picks and pulls all the orders, packages them, and then ships them out for everybody. Wow. Um, <laughs> there is uh, Ivy, Poison Ivy, the DJ. So okay. she's Kenyan, okay. and she is the official DJ for the Dallas Mavericks. That's oh, like wow. big sis, yo. Like, oh, she literally, wow. okay. she helps out and plugs in for the culture anywhere in any fashion that she can. And then there's Sasha Lane. The homie that, that I grew up with in high school. Okay. Um, we connected, like, a little bit after I started mm-hmm. Mazizi. And she, so she's mixed. Um, she is, her parents from New Zealand and African American. Okay. But even then, so like, you know, she connects with the brand so much and she, she feels what we're doing. So it's literally all love from her. Like, awesome. wherever we need, cause, cause she's an actress. Um, she's, she's actually starring, she's Alice in the Hel- new Hellboy movie that's coming out in April. So she's one of the lead actresses. Um, so she has connect, 
So whenever we need a plug somewhere, we need to get like weather jersey to someone. Okay. Yeah, she's the go to, and she is she loves helping out, man. Oh, like her and her brother Sergio, yeah, right. it's, it's love. That's like a um, really well balanced team so far. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> is it? Yes, that's pretty much the core. And then we have a social media PR agent. Her okay. name is Jen. She's Nigerian as well. Okay. Um, she's been taking over our social media lately, and she's been doing. She's been crushing it. And she was the one who contacted you, she actually. Was, she was. Uh, contact the one that reached out. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's bro. Awesome. Like, she's amazing. And then from there, we have a content creation team um, consisting of people in Ghana. The homie named Ken. He's a graphic designer. Okay. He's in Accra. And then we have someone who does digital marketing, paid advertisements. His name is Kosh. He's in India. Okay. And wow. yeah, yeah. Dude. <laughs> from there, everything else is just kind of like outsourced. You're out here so, running a global so, brand. That's, that's, that's amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. And we're not international for nothing. That's 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 fantastic to hear. And you know, just kind of f- following up on that. Um, now you've had the, you you have a team that's remarkably successful. As evidenced, as I noticed, as I was kind of doing my research uh, by your interview with Forbes recently. <laughs> tell, hey man, you can't you we can't have this conversation. You know, that drop a little like if Forbes is pulling you up, if you're on for if we can Google your name and Forbes.com pulling up. <laughs> You have to, you have to, you have to flex a little. You have to tell people so that the listeners know that you, you like this is a very serious person talking to us. Um, and yeah, so tell me how how that come about, and and you know what, what was that, that conversation like? That, that one was actually like the way that God works. It, it's really is crazy. I, I have I owe it all to him. Um, so recently, this past December, we were at Art Basel. Okay. Um, Sasha. Yeah, in Miami. She, right? she was releasing. She yep yep she was releasing um a perfume with Margiela, okay and um so she was pretty much she invited us out to Art Basel that weekend because they they brought her out she invited me and the homie Debbie that's like Debbie Stone she's an artist out here in Dallas that's like my brother okay um so we went out there and like so by the third night we were partying in Versace Mansion um oh, wow. was in the, okay. it was a bar <laughs> she had a little humble flex <laughs> keep it moving <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it was really crazy. Like it was hosted by um, Tessa Thompson. Okay, what's her last name? The one, the one who's in. Um, you mean my, you mean my and, wife? Like, it was, it was, yo, my girlfriend is on my podcast. Baby, I'm sorry. Beautiful, and she's such a dope person, dog. Like the way that she handles, um, just like the paparazzi or just the attention, she mm-hmm. handles it with such grace. Like awesome. it was really cool to see. Nonetheless, went up on a tangent. Um. So yeah, so it was a cool party. Like, even Kevin Garnett was there. It was really random. Oh wow! And okay. um, but like me, Sasha, Sergio, her her brother, and Debbie, mm-hmm. we were all just like enjoying ourselves, bro. Like we were some of the youngest kids there, but we were just dancing, having a good time, and like that's when I realized, like, yo, Paco, like you're thoroughly enjoying yourself through and through, and you're literally just being yourself. Hmm. And um, that's when I recognized that, like. Okay, so that that's how you're supposed to network. Because at the end of the day, people are gravitating towards us. People are taking pictures of us. People want to know who we were. Mm-hmm. And, like, you realize that when you're yourself, like, mm-hmm. people see that, and they want to get to know you. They want to see how they can help out. They want to know what you're about. That's a word. And um, so it was literally so. Everybody was taking videos and, and such and such of us. By the end of the night, I decided to go back on Instagram and look through like Instagram story hashtag the, the Versace Mansion hashtag to see who was who and who was there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found a few videos of the, or I found a video of like one of the times that we were dancing that this guy had recorded. 
And like I, I posted on my Instagram and everything, but I reached out to him. I was like, yo, I'm glad you enjoyed our moves. And like within a week later, he responded back to me saying, you guys' energy was amazing. I was trying to take a picture of the photographer taking, or uh, yeah, the cameraman taking a picture of you, but I couldn't get a good one. Um, who are you? Like, what, what are you about? And literally, like within an hour, I was talking to him. His name is um, Joseph Diasectus, and he is the he's he's like the fashion godfather, dog. But pretty much, he's had a he's had a um, an off column with Forbes for the last like seven, eight years. Okay. And after I told him about Ms. Beasley and he learned about it, he was like, yeah, maybe I can do something for you. Maybe I can help you out. And yeah, literally within a month later on my birthday, we, we dropped the Forbes interview. That's incredible. That is incredible. That's and, phenomenal. That is phenomenal. And I, I imagine that probably showed massive returns in terms of interest in your brand and people looking at you. Sorry to interrupt your episode, but we think you will really enjoy this. We at Pop Save Africa are huge fans of music, and we're always discovering all types of artists, phenomenal music during the course of the week. And we oftentimes share it with each other. We send each other links, and we really enjoy that process. We want to extend that to the rest of our Pod Save Africa family and share with you new finds we find during the week. Um, today, we're sharing King by an artist called Fireboy DML. We really enjoy the song, and we think you will too. Let us know how you feel about it in our Instagram at Pod Save Africa. Once again, this is King by Fireboy DML. Ooh, yeah. Oh, boy, so Let me sorry, be killed. I'm making my baby shit. All the girls calling me baby, see me see baby. Fine boy, cause I be seeing baby. Tell me what you need, baby. Mama forget, sit back, baby. Me I be complete package. Oh, me I be fight for your love, but I no be back for your love. I no be back for your love. I no be back for your love. Me I be fight for your love, but I no be back for your love. I don't be back for your love, no, we, yeah. Baby, yeah, baby, it's yeah, baby, be a bad, be a bad. I want you to treat me like a kid. Baby, 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 it's yeah, baby, be a bad, be a bad. What do you need, baby? I get the sauce, get the juice, baby. I got the everything for you, baby. As long as you dare. Oh. Bad boy, when you know for you speaking. Okay. I be king, I be me, shit. Oh, yeah, you know, so my love far away. Far away. Far away. Far away. Oh, hey, hey, hey. Me, I be fight for your love. But I know you beg for your love. I know you beg for your love. I know you beg for your love. Me, I be fight for your love. But I know you beg Too fat, you look too fat, you shake. Oh, oh, oh. 
was King by Fireboy DML. Hope you enjoyed. We look forward to bringing more of these picks to you. And enjoy the rest of the episode. Literally within a month later on my birthday, we, we dropped the Forbes interview. That's incredible. That is incredible. That's and, phenomenal. That is phenomenal. And I, I imagine that probably showed massive returns in terms of interest in your brand and people looking at you, number of clicks on your websites, all that. That's that's incredible. Um, I, I, I want to ask one more collaboration-related question before I kind of ask a question more about the business side. But you also collaborated with Marvel for Black Panther. I saw those Wakanda. <laughs> I mean, fam, let me tell you. <laughs> I don't. I, let, 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 me, let me keep that one in my mind. But I mean, those jerseys. If my listeners have not seen, go to their website. Go look at these jerseys. They are phenomenal. Like it's not just. We're not just talking about. I mean, this is really, really. First of all, well priced, and then like really, really good gear. Like the stuff you wear out, and everybody's looking at you, asking where you got it from, that kind of stuff. And you know, we all love that feeling. But yeah, go check it out for sure. But yeah, tell me about like, that. You um, flatter me, dog. Hey, I'm giving you my honest opinion. I wouldn't say it if I didn't feel it was true. So, um, yeah, how, how did that come about? I mean, the collaboration with Marvel? Damn, how? That one was actually really, really crazy. Okay. So, back in October um, last year, everybody had hopped. This was whenever the Black Panther movie trailer had, had first released. Mm-hmm. And Twitter was going wild. Literally, everybody was like, yo, uh, what's he worried about Panther? Uh, we should wear African attire. Let's wear sh- um, traditional gear. Mm-hmm. And then we had our customers who were like, yo, why don't we wear Mazizi? And then we had more people who were like, yo, why doesn't Mazizi just make a jersey for Black Panther? And like, yeah, it was cool, you know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, you know, that's Marvel. That, that's a right. big company. You know what I'm saying? Like, getting the license for the career. I didn't think it was possible. But... You know, I juggled the idea a little bit. I decided to do some more research, hopped on Google, figured out who Marvel's, like, merchandisers were, who, who, who their manufacturers were, okay. how they went about marketing Black Panther, what were the holes, because the dog usually... All selling is is solving someone else's problem. So we can find what problems Marvel had with their marketing. Mm-hmm. We, all, all you have to do is find out how much easy could be the solution and plug ourselves in. Okay. Um... So literally over the next course of like the next three, four months, I put together like a mind map, a presentation, um, just like a proposal. I, I made a mock-up design and everything and figured out like, okay, now who is it that, that we should approach or who, who is it that I send this to see if we can make this possible. And so I went on Marvel's website. They had like the, the licensing team, their email on it and everything. Okay. And I emailed them. So they said no. <laughs> they said they already have people who make their merchandise and they, they weren't interested. Really? And yeah, dog, it, it, I, it was a lot of back and forth because, like, bro, like, I done my research. Like, I grabbed one of their own, like, Captain America baseball jerseys and everything, comparing it, mm-hmm. saying, like, ours is 100% polyester compared to y'all's, which is half cotton, such and such. Right, right. Um, well, and it, it was a lot of back and forth. And they, they just weren't, they, they weren't fucking with it. They're like, if, if you release any. Uh, Black Panther Marvel Legends Joe have to stick our copyright and infringements team on you. Oh, wow. Uh, so from there, I was like, all right, let me stop dubbing these people. If that's the case, let me try to put, let me get the, the public to put the pressure on them instead. Let's show them that the product, this proof of sale, the, the uh, public wants it. Okay. And make them force them to, to come back at us. Okay. So that's whenever in January, um, we made this whole like Black Panther, uh, like promo video, it was featuring a Wakanda baseball jersey. I intentionally put Marvel Studios 
on it, like on the bottom as a tag, just so that to make the video remarkable, okay. have something give people something to talk about, have them some something that would incite dialogue, you know, have people like, oh shit, did they really get the license? Um, and like the video, it did really well. It went viral. It got picked up by the Shade Room. Wow. But still, like after sending that to Marvel, they still said no. Um, and even then, like come February now, this is whenever the movie's about to drop. And we're like, well, fuck it. Let's, let's still show them if anything, like, we're still really supportive of the movie. Okay. So we had an event called Mizizi Movie Night. We rented out a movie theater that, that's out here in Dallas, in okay. North Park Theater. Um, and yeah, we literally, anybody who had, who, anybody who has Mizizi can watch Black Panther with us for free. Or if, if not, you just fuck with the brand, $5 and you good. Like, look at your ticket. And it, it was really fun, though. Like, it was literally like a family reunion. Um, it was like a good 50, 60 people who showed up. Everybody had jerseys. Everybody was just vibing. It, it's pretty fun getting lit in the movie theater. Especially the Black Panthers. Like, that, that, that shit was just so much fun. Um, but still, like, it was so disappointing not being able to have the Wakanda jersey released. Right. So after all this time, um, I had literally found everybody on LinkedIn that worked at Marvel, who worked at Disney's licensing, Disney's or Marvel's um, licensing team. Wow. I did all of them. And there had been a lady that I'd been kind of harassing over the course of a few months. Um, Send her out some messages. Because, bro, like, I call it kind persistence. As long as you're polite, you know what I'm saying? It's okay to be annoying. Because the worst I'm going to tell you is no, like, if you're rude with it, then that's a problem. But right. as long as you're like white, professional, like what's the worst they can say? Then at least they'll be understanding. Uh, or maybe. Anyways, so over the over the course of a few months, I sent her like literally everything, all the updates from from the video to like the shade room to maybe okay. the movie night, and she responded a little bit, but it wasn't nothing that was consistent. And literally after she saw that the shade room had picked up the video, and like. This was this was early March now. Mm-hmm. She finally responded. She was like, "Yo, okay, I might have somebody that be, that might be able to help you out. Let me see what I can do." So within a few days, she sent me an email for someone who worked at um, with someone else who worked at Marvel. I sent that I had them on LinkedIn. Added all their coworkers. Sent an email out to all of them. Okay. And literally within like an, an hour or two later, I got an email from Disney. Um, some random email that some random that I didn't even know or had no awareness of. Um, from the product consumer team saying, yo, we love your tenacity and ambition. Can we hop on a call in an hour to talk further about your Wakanda baseball jersey? Wow. You know, talk to them. And literally within two days, I was in LA talking to the Disney product consumer team, seeing how we can make it possible. And yeah, bro, like fast forward a few months, by May, we were able to officially release the officially licensed Wakanda baseball jersey. Woo. Yo, that's that is incredible, man. That's such a. I mean, so it seems like almost a recurring trend in your your story so far, and probably in your life so far. Just like persist, polite persistence, just like keeping it going and keeping. Because you could have given up and said, "All right, the movie is dropped. It's all over. I can't have forever. Bye bye." And I, I loved it, but you know, you guys kept up with it, and 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 uh, I mean, two phenomenal yeah. results. Yeah. No, no isn't the end all. It just means sometimes you have to pivot and take a different approach, bro. That is awesome. That is awesome. So, so I guess one question before I go into kind of looking forward is that, you know, this conversation I'm picking up and I'm sure a bunch of my listeners are picking up is that you have like an out, I don't want to say outsized, but like a really, really well grasped, well, at least for me, fairly, let me say layman 
um, is that you have a really good sense of business and you have some a very like you have a profound way of approaching things. Is this all built around your experience so far? Did you ever like read some books? Did you did you? I know you sound like a reader, so I can I can almost already tell that you probably are crushing like a book a, a night or something ridiculous like that. But, um, but you do sound like you read a lot. But like, what's been that process of you know learning about learning about? Because you weren't in school for business, you you, you know. I mean, it's not that I know of. I don't know if you, if you, if you ended up going back to get um, some more education. But you know, how how's that? How did you develop this knowledge that seems so at least to, to us so uh, so advanced? So one thing that's crazy to say that because I'm I'm literally sitting next to my library. But one thing that business this guy has, has taught a me is, look at that flex. Golly, okay. <laughs> <laughs> keep it going. Some of us just had books. Is that, bro? Like the acquisition of knowledge is a catalyst of progress. Mm. So, like the more Oof. you learn, like the more. On. Let like, me get my applicable. pen and paper. Do you mind saying that one more time? <laughs> the acquisition of knowledge is the is a catalyst of progress. Awesome, that's incredible. The more that you learn, applicable information that that's in the direction that you want to go in the faster you'll be able to get ahead because you'll be able to see all the solutions to the obstacles that are in front of you. Hmm. Um, the first book that I picked up whenever I started in the DZ was The Rich Man in Babylon. Okay. And, like, we're Africans. I'm throwing up. We, we have to read. Like, my mom, she made me read at least an hour a day. But that was leisure. This was the first time I picked up for, like, with intent, or I was reading with intent. Hmm. And um, that book just really opened my mind up a lot. Like, it showed me just... It showed me how simple it would be to acquire wealth. And then how to make your wealth acquire itself. Hmm. And it's it really like the introduction to financial literacy. It's The Rich Man in Babylon by George Classen. It's, it's a fictional, easy read, but it has a hell of gems in it. And after I finished that book, I realized, I was like, yo, if there's this much game in, in some 100 pages, 200 pages, okay. what, what, what's, what's stopping me from learning about the entire world in, in this book or this book or this book? Hmm. Um, so that's whenever I started realizing, like, okay, let me start like reading with intention and figuring out like, what is it, what is it that's ahead of me? What is it that I need to get ahead to what I need to learn about? Um, and like, shit, even reading autobiographies, reading like how the OGs did it, seeing how their circumstances were, how your situation is, and how you can apply, um, their solutions to your own, your own situation. And like, just how to finesse. And, um, yeah, bro, so like, ever since then, it's not even about reading, it's really about figuring out your, the medium that you learn through the best. So, whether it's like, audio, TV interviews um, or books, something hard like value. It's about finding out how you learn and then booming the hell out of it. Like, okay, you're, you you learn the best through reading. That's how you retain information. Let's read as much as you can about whatever we want to read about. Um, and yeah, bro. So that's that's really what I do. <laughs> Anytime awesome. there's like a new obstacle or, or anything that I want to learn about, I try to like look up, listen to podcasts, see if there's any like speakers on it. Okay. We, and usually nine times out of ten, like those speakers have a book or they recommend a book. So from there, um, I just go in that direction, read some reviews, and then yeah, bro. Like it's really once you start looking for something, it's crazy how much information will eventually present itself. Excellent, excellent. And and now now moving. First of all, listeners, go go read. Um, it almost sounds like a crass <laughs> thing to say. It really does. But um, you know, some of us have the. It's it's necessary. It's absolutely. I mean, I read extensively as well because it you know it changes the way i look at the world every time i look i read a book and right, I think, like, again really like 
nothing under the sun hasn't been done. You know, I didn't mean to cut you off, but nothing under the sun hasn't been done. There's really been someone in time who's written about whatever the hell you're you're talking or what you're facing. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's, it's in like a scroll, a hieroglyph, a Bible, <laughs> like the solutions are out there, bro. It's really just a matter of going out and looking for them. I I completely yeah. agree. And, <laughs> yeah, and what what I tell what I tell folks all, all the time is that the least you could do is know. Right. You know, it, it, there's so much. First of all, we're in, there's so much information accessible pretty much everywhere right now. And we do a lot of reading nowadays already. Like it's like we've already been tested with Twitter to see, oh, do, do what these people actually read, you know, even though we're reading them in tiny, tiny chunks. But if you read 500 tweets a day, you've read pretty much a book. And a lot of folks read a lot more than that's what I'm thinking. And, and, and you know, I, what, what I just like to tell people is that, you know, read as much as you can. If you are interested in a topic or interested in an adventure, um, like you have, you know, read about it. Go find some information on it. Listen to a podcast. There is a lot of information out there. So um, you're probably one of my, yeah, like a lot of my, my guests, you know, definitely recommend books. So if you were to give kind of like three top books. Um, let's start, start with The Rich Man of, of Babylon. I, I think that's probably one you'd emphasize, but what are like two other books you'd like recommend? Like, hey, if you're interested in starting a venture, or you're interested in building on an idea, what would you what would you say are like three books that people should look for? So The Alchemist is definitely like my, my number two. Okay. That book put me out of depression whenever I thought I was using money in the beginning. Um, and that really showed me, like, whenever you're on the personal legend, like, these things will happen. You know what I'm saying? These, these things come. It's a matter of just getting past it and getting through it. Hmm. Um, yo, like, honestly, I think my new third favorite is Children of the Blood and Bone by really? Tony Adiemi. I just read it. No, yeah. Bro, I just finished it last week, and that book is fucking amazing, bro. Like, I reached out to her and everything. Like, I, I had to get the gear thing. Awesome. Yo, that book, like, it's been a while since I've had, like, a fictional book that really just, I got really wrapped up in the story, really inspired by it. And the fact that it's rooted in African history and Nigerian history, yeah. um, it just makes it that much more amazing and relatable. Yeah, that's certainly going to be the next big thing in, you know, young adult series and, and the movies and that movie circuit and everything. I'm excited to see all that stuff come through to the big screen so, should, so yeah should be very 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 interesting to see um so awesome so those are our three recommendations now moving forward now really literally moving forward um now to the future man um you pretty much have the entire world ahead of you so um if you were to say like you know let's say five years from now i hit i don't like asking these these interview type questions but, you know, five years, yeah, it just feels like you're at an interview, interviewing for a job. But, you know, like, what what would be the most ideal outcome? Like, what, what, how would you like to see this going with you personally, with the business? You know, is your plan to grow this to as big as it can? Are there other ventures you're planning to get into? Are there things you, are there different directions you want to take this business in? So, you know, what what, what does that look like? I'm sure you think about that, that all the time, at least evaluating options. You know, what what does that look like for you? At this point in time. So, if I'm being 100% transparent, okay. I really don't believe in business plans. I don't believe in... It's great to have direction. It's it's, it's vital to have direction. It's, it's mm-hmm. critical to. But I don't believe in, like, long-term goals. And at the end of the day, like, as you grow, as every day you experience, um, like, those experiences that you have, the things that you say, the things that you hear, they shape you. You know, you're going to have different, like, you're going to have different passions, or your passions are going to change as you grow up. Right. So it doesn't necessarily make sense to have, like, some rigid long-term goal, 
when life is in reality is fluid and you're going to pivot regardless. Um, but that's not to say that five years from now, bro, like Mazizi, I want to be a fully actualized lifestyle brand. Um, you get famous for one thing first. That's why we're doing the jerseys. People know us for the jerseys and okay. we don't have any competition. So why the fuck not take advantage? Yeah. But as we grow, we are going to start like, um, diversifying, have everything from head to toe. I want to start actually like sponsoring organizations and leagues the same way Nike sponsors the NBA. Okay. I want to make jerseys for different like African leagues. I want to start sponsoring national teams and, um, international events, whether it's the World Cup or the Olympics. And I don't know. I just want to see Mavis be on as many black people as possible. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> I love that. I love that vision. You want to see Mazizi on as many black people as possible. And that's, that's a phenomenal goal. And, um, now kind of just moving on from, from that and reflecting a little bit on what has happened so far, you know, cause I think you almost have to do that every time you look to the future. Um, you know, what, what would you say have been your biggest like successes and failures? Like what, what is the one thing that's been like, all right, you know, this is what I'm most proud of so far in this four-year journey at this point. And um, actually, no, it's five years. Whew, man, you, you are, you're working. Actually, well, technically five years, but I mean, we've only been officially a business for three and a half years. For yeah. three and a half. Yeah. I, I think about it from like idea inception because you brought it to fruition. It actually happened. So from that moment, you decided that, hey, this is something I wanted to explore. That That's that's to me when the business started because you eventually did start the business. But um you know, so so what's what's what would you say has been like the biggest success for you so far? And and on the other hand, you know, is there a moment that says something that happened that has been the biggest? Like, man, this this really, 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 really missed the ball on this one. So um, yeah, go on in. So I don't not, not to say this in like an arrogant way, but honestly, the biggest success is the personal development that Mizuzi has, has given me or has allowed me. Like, how much I've grown within the last three and a half years, how much I've started to come, become, like, confident, you know what I'm saying, in myself. Hmm. Like, it, it's literally just a matter of being me. Because whenever I'm myself, God shows favor and good things happen. Look at look at um, the Forbes article, how that came to be. Hmm. You know how a lot of stuff came to be, bro. It's really just me being, yeah, who, who Paco is and learning every day, like, what that means to me. Um, and it, it's an amazing feeling, bro. Like, acknowledging the personal growth that I've had because of Mavizi. Because Mavizi is literally a reflection of myself, bro. It's literally, like, a product of me searching for my identity, you know? Um, and <laughs> it, it, it's, um, it's just beautiful to really acknowledge and look back and it's like, damn, Paco, like, you came a long way. Awesome. Um, in regards to failures, I don't know, bro, because We've had hiccups, we've had bumps in the road, hmm. but failures are always lessons. You get me? So we've always okay. bounced back regardless of such. Hmm. Um, I wouldn't necessarily call it a failure, but one of like the biggest hurdles that we had to hop over was in the beginning. Um, but like, so Mazizi, we launched in August. Okay. By November, I was, we were, we were going really fucking fast. Um, I tried to, right at the time I had a distribution center, and I tried to like switch CRM platforms. Like back end websites. Okay. So instead of Squarespace, um, my distribution center had recommended some people for me. And like, so naturally I went the cheaper guys and I got what I paid for. Oh. Um, so like they built like a whole new website and everything and it was just sloppy. Whenever we, we launched November for our second collection, like one of the, the, 
one of the basics of e-commerce is to install like um like a stop plugin for the checkout button mm-hmm. so that whenever people press checkout it only it only checks them out once right um they, they didn't do that <laughs> oh, so like and, oh, and knowing God. the nature of easy, how fast our products sell out right you know when, when we launched our second collection people were going to the site and literally hitting the checkout button like six seven times so i was whenever we launched but i was getting calls emails left and right saying like hey yo you, you charged my card like seven eight nine ten times oh, i need wow. my money back what the fuck is going on oh, wow. um i had to shut down the website and it was bad like over the course of the next uh, this was November, December, January, February, three, four months. Mm-hmm. Um, I literally went through like different, different like, uh, website designers, CRM systems. And it got to a point where I was just like, finally like, fuck it. Let me just do this myself. So in March, um, I just hopped on Shopify, kind of built the website up myself. And okay. yeah, it was finally able to get like the ZZ back up and running. Cause when you don't have a website though, like, especially for e-commerce, that's especially yeah. your office, that's your storefront. Yeah. The business still runs, it's still, it's still like accruing bills and fees, right. but at the end of the day, like, they're not selling anything, you don't have any money coming in. Right. All that shit's going, like, out, what is, nothing coming in and everything's going out. Oh, um, so, I, yeah, it was really rough, especially when, like, having so much initial success in the beginning, right. and then really just fucking up the money and going into debt, having to, to ask your mom for 20k, um, putting her in debt, and pay right. that alone, it, it sucks. It was rough. Awesome. But, like I said, these are all lessons learned, bro, and we've bounced back since then. That's that's fantastic, there, and and you know, just part of the reason I ask questions like that to entrepreneurs like you is that I think that it's important to sh- not just show the awesome, incredible things that have gone through, and, and this conversation is a perfect example of the conversations this podcast was built to have. Like, I want to show people how it actually works, so that they can get some framework for, hey, if I want to start an idea. There's some tough things I'm going to have to deal with. It's not always just, you know, ups and everything will just be going because, you know, we, we all go into ventures like this with rose-colored goggles. We're all excited. We all want to, you know, do this or do that. But sometimes, you know, people run into hiccups and that's okay. And people dealing with hiccups currently, it is okay. People bounce back from that. And like you always say, um, being persistent and keeping going and just not even taking no learning from those lessons is, is key. And that's... A phenomenal message to hear out of this, and yeah, let's yeah. So that's that is the entirety of my questions. Um, I truly yeah, appreciate you yeah. coming on. This has been a pleasure. I personally have gained from it. Um, let's 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 yeah. Now we got to get the shout outs in there. So you got to tell my folks to <laughs> find your website, your Twitter, your personal Twitter, your Instagram, your personal Instagram, so that people can follow you everywhere. I want I want people all over no your socials no looking at, at everything, purchasing from you guys, all of the above. Um, so yeah, let us know what 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 is uh, what are the details. So you can find us at www.mizizishop.com. That's M I Z I Z I S H O P, and that's really the same for our, so all of our social media. So you just type in Mizizi Shop, whether it's Instagram, Twitter, um, Facebook, YouTube, all that, you'll find us. And for my, my own personal social media, it's just my personal last name, Paco Sando. So P-A-A-K-O-W, last name E-S-S-A-N-D-O-H. From there, I mean, we're friendly, we're good people. Y'all definitely just come out and holler at us, man. Awesome, awesome, fantastic, man. And thanks so much for being on here. I'm um, about to cut the, the, the recording shortly, and we can have a conversation afterwards. But um, all my listeners, thank you so much for tuning in again. 
um, it has been a pleasure. Um, it is my life's honor to be have been able to be, bring content like this to you guys. This is the type of conversation I started this podcast for, and it's been a pleasure. Um, yeah, cheers, guys, and uh, yeah. speak to you it's soon. Been a pleasure, y'all. Awesome. Stay dope. Stay blessed. Awesome. Stay rooted. Awesome.